Wait a minute, wait a turn, minute. On the radio. turn on the radio. My homie got a new show and it's time to play it's it though. Play I it hope though. you got in tune. Got he talking bigger business. Big he business. make a lot of moves. Lot of he moves. talking Scott Katoon. I'm saying wait a minute, wait turn, a minute. On turn on the radio. My homie got a new yeah. show and it's time to play it's it though. Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host Scott Katoon and this is Technory Live from WGN Radio where Chicago's top tech founders and entrepreneurs come to share their story. Joining me for the entire show today is my friend Charlie Meyerson. Uh, Charlie, I, I'm like working through how I want to introduce you. Uh, journalist is one, radio and internet journalist. Radio star is what I've written down. Star, You're, no. Yeah, no, no. Scratch no. star. Ra- radio star. My sister referred to me famously within my family once as a subminer celebrity. So I think that's... Oh, yeah. I gotta rem- During the show, I'll I will remember, we had a guest on this show, uh, Shirley Yang, who came in here and she's like, how many followers do you have? And I was like, I don't know, like 13,000 or something. She was, she called, it was like a junior junior celebrity or something. I was like, that feels insulting. I don't, I don't yeah, know. If, well, I'm fine. You know, but I'll take it. Fundamentally a news guy, I'm, it's not about me. It's about the people that I talk to. Well, the we're going to talk a little bit more about that because the other parts, I haven't finished your bio. Uh, you're also an innovator. You've been involved in numerous kind of tech media startup companies. You've got another one coming right now that you're, uh, you're, you're launching, which we're going to learn a little about. Easily bored. Easily bored. Uh, you're a historian in my book. I don't throw things away. You do not. You're a collector. That's how that's, this is done. But An most importantly, I prefer archivist. If I could, if I could spell and use the word, I would. Uh, most importantly, you are a teacher of mine, which is uh, the coolest part. So it's really cool to me. Years ago at Medill, you were a teacher of mine, and so it's cool to have you sitting here in front of me and sort of emulating what you do. And this is a lesson to teachers everywhere: be nice to your students, and then they will invite you on their radio shows. I mean, you know, but see, I'd say don't be nice. You were, I mean, you were nice. Not to say you weren't nice. You were nice, uh, but you were very uh, honest. Yeah, which is why, me. which is why you're saying. I don't think it's if people are nice to each other, they're going to put you on the show. I think it's you're honest and made me a better, a better media person, and so that's why we get you on the show. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll too. run with it. I'll take that too. Also sitting across from us, Melanie Adcock. Uh, I want to have you on before we jump into this entire show, folks. We've got a, a crazy packed show. Uh, we're going to talk about Technory Showcase. We're going to talk about Tech Month Chicago, which is why Melanie is here. Uh, we are going to talk to Phoenix P2P founder and CEO, Stefan Burr, who is also on the Technology Showcase, which we're also going to talk about. Trust me, we'll get through all this, people. Uh, and Martez Malone, Yay Kim, Chicago Southside guy who is crushing it in Los Angeles, who's also running a campaign that allows you to invest in him and his bright future. Uh, so we're going to hear from him as well. So like I said, this is going to be a crazy show. So we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to skip the feed. We're going to skip all of my little sound bites that no one really likes. Um, and so we're just going to jump to it. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here today, Scott. I appreciate it. Of course. And this is the the tide has turned because last time I saw you, I was on your show. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. don't you plug that? Let's talk about your show a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do a radio broadcast twice a month. Um, it's called Taxi in Chicago. It's on a 105.5 FM, a WLPN LP Chicago, a station called Lumpen Radio. Lumpen. Are, I was trying they, to remember that yeah, earlier. They, they are a non-commercial station and one of the newest uh, radio stations in, in the city. And I, I, um, I started it last year. Um, I've had over 70 guests, and I only focus on technology events, the people who coordinate them, what they're about, what they're doing, and um, you know what happens at their events and how people can, can go if they want to, when, where, those event details. I can't imagine how I had you on the show. <laughs> we dabble in tech events a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and so do you guys. So I wanted to give you a chance to tell the world out there, uh, what is Tech Month Chicago? Yeah, well, um, Tech Month Chicago is a a month-long technology awareness month just for the city of Chicago. 
And, and our goal is to reach out to the public. Um, a lot of times uh, technology experts feel like they're in a little bubble if they're already in the industry. We're aiming to, to reach out to people who are already in the, you know, in part of the public, all Chicago area citizens. And we have a, a calendar on our website that features a lot of different local technology events, including um, over 100 events from the Chicago Public Library we'll be featuring and promoting so that the public can know what's happening in Chicago technology and feel comfortable going so there's tech week chicago mm-hmm. and then there's tech month chicago and they're mm-hmm. they're completely separate both Comple- on the calendar yeah. and in organizationally yeah completely separate uh, di- different things so um yeah te- i i know tech week very well they've actually been on my radio show um they they do something different where they um you know they focus on you know more i think more industry focused events where we're focusing on the community grassroots meetups that are out there that oftentimes don't get a lot of attention all of the um, many, many innovation spaces, co-working spaces, office spaces, um, over 12, 12 event venues have um, agreed to donate their space for specifically for Tech Month Chicago events. So Tech Month happens all over the city, not in just one location or a couple. It happens everywhere. If people want to do an event in a coffee house, we are promoting it to the public. So it's a little bit more expansive, I would say, in dealing with the, the public. I think that the the technology industry itself is a very small community when you compare it to all of the Chicagoland area. And we're trying to reach out to that bigger audience. So we have not just a calendar, but we have a really big marketing program. We're doing a lot of print ads and, you know, local publications like New City, Southside Weekly. We're working with DNA Info, um, you know, The Reader, all of those kinds of things. The, the not, not necessarily the, the tech publications, but publications maybe where you wouldn't normally see anything about technology we're reaching out to that um, different so it's a kind of different audience with a different slant so um, we we got started and patterned ourselves after Chicago Artist Month which is every October and run by the Department of Cultural Affairs so we they didn't have the budget or bandwidth to do anything like this they loved the idea and said Melanie why don't you start it and so I did and we're we're in year two now, and uh, I think we're filling a need that some of the other um, events or things that are like like the tech weeks out there aren't really addressing just yet. What so I think is what I think is particularly cool about that is is the fact that you you are focusing similar to Technori now. Uh, we're trying to focus on the people walking by the window right now that maybe would never have heard of this. So, with that said, uh, we've got to take a break in a second here, but I want to ask you a loaded question before I have you go. Sure. What's your favorite tech event? Oh, what's my favorite tech event? Oh man, that, that does it has rhyme with Reknori? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I think uh, for for me, uh, one of my most favorite tech events has to be one of the first events I I used to love going to, and that was Tech Cocktail. Oh, you yeah. know, a run by. Frank Ruber. We used to have these big events down at the John Barleycorn Center, and you know, a thousand people would show up. Very and it cool. was it was very community oriented. I, I miss doing that. I, I wish they'd bring that back. So. I do too. Where do people go to learn more about uh, Tech Month Chicago? Uh, TechMonthChicago.com. Very cool. Melanie, thank you so much for taking the time to, to fill everybody in. Sure. Thanks for having me. And, here, of course, Scott. we will share all this stuff on social media. So as you send to me, we'll put it mm-hmm. out through technory.com, et cetera, et cetera. So anyone listening, you can find out more about it on social media uh, and also, of course, techmonthchicago.com. I am Scott Katoon. You're listening to WGN Radio, and we'll be back after the break. We are back in studio at WGN. We are in the Allstate Showcase Studio, which we would 
you know, have to read that. They pay some bills around here. Charlie Marison is joining me, uh, teacher, historian, journalist, innovator, radio star, music music star. You're also a musician as well. I'm not a, I'm not a star by any you means. You are but too I, humble. I play the flute sometimes and people don't force me out. I, I hear you're pretty good at it. I've never okay. heard you play. Who's told you that? Who's told you that? Uh, a couple of guys at Rivet, Rivet Radio. They told okay. me about it. They said that they said that one time. Did you ever go there and play it? I don't think so. I don't think I ever subjected my. Maybe it was Steve Grzanich. Somebody, somebody told me that they heard you somewhere. I, um, every Saturday in Oak Park, the Farmers Market Band gets together, and people who want to get donuts have to listen to the. <laughs> actually, some wonderfully talented musicians, and they let me stand they around let and play you the stand flute. I'm, I'm sure you're you're better than that, uh, and you know, and honestly, I'll put up with anything for some apple cider donuts. To be totally frank, uh, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what your newest project is. Uh, those of you listening are probably familiar with Charlie Myers, and you. Um, have been on the radio for not a long, a long time, but not a long time because the age thing. I don't want to get into that. Uh, that's all right. For, I've been for, on a lot of radio stations, including this one. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and you've also, you're a media expert in my mind. I mean, you obviously taught at Northwestern and, and other schools as well. Roosevelt, uh, Columbia. Roosevelt, Columbia. Uh, but here's the thing. So we talked to tons of journalists, tons of media personalities, media people, uh, media entrepreneurs, and there's always this like, kind of got to pick a side. I'm either traditional or I'm not. And I find you interesting the most because you don't pick a side, but you still do both and believe that there are pieces of both that are incredibly important. And and it's been, I don't want to call you divisive, but it's been divisive at times, I feel like. Uh, it is, and, and, and needlessly so. I agree, totally. Um, you know, well... You've gotten me started here, but I'll start that's with the point. Just something That's my similar. job. <laughs> Look, um, a lot of traditional journalists, and that's your phrase, yep. uh, people who are analog media. It's people, actually Old Buffalo. I called it Old, old Buffalo. Buffalo. That's what I call it. Yeah. You know, people who are steeped in the traditions of printing press-driven journalism and by-the-clock newscast-driven journalism on AM and FM and TV um, are often inclined to dismiss what happens on the internet and what people do on the internet as something new and different and uh, a sign of decay in society. And, and here's, here's what I think. I think people have always been this way. It's just now we know. Yeah. You know, now we know how quickly people change the channel on TV, how quickly, how inclined people are to punch the button on the radio, how inclined they are when they read the newspaper to skip past 80, 90% of what's there until they see something they like. I would say, and I don't, I'm not going to throw you into this or under this bus, but throw for me, me. I enjoy. No, no, because enjoy buses. When I was, I like, I, like, I like to catch a ride anytime. Yeah. Uh, when I was at Northwestern, I felt like that was one of the challenges: is that you were dealing with people who had been going through this, as I call it, traditional media style. And there's this term, and this is taking this way too deep. I don't mean it to be such a deep thing, but it, it is for us because this is what we do for a living. Uh, it's there's passion there. It's when people call the people crazy. I find it really upsetting because it's dismissive. It's yeah. not. You're not paying attention you're not living a, a conscious life as they say uh, and so i always found that with with journalism when people would dismiss all of the uh the technology and say those of you who are sharing things in blogs and things like that are just like it's it's junk and it's not real it's like you know honestly if the impact i mean there's a lot of ways to measure but if the impact is measured by how many people heard this or how many people have the chance to learn something new i won on a twitter handle by a mile one of the one as as you know, uh, I started working on the Chicago Tribune Internet team in 1998. When many of my friends were coming up to me saying, "What is ChicagoTribune.com?" I don't. I get the newspaper. Yeah. What is ChicagoTribune.com? 
And and so I was part of a, a really innovative team. I was lucky to be part of this team that was, in a lot of ways, figuring out what news on the web, what breaking news, what evolving continuous news coverage would be like in a digital space. And one of the first things that, that I remember realizing is, yes, the Chicago Tribune newspaper at, at that point was going to 800,000 people on a weekday. Sure. And it was fat, and it was filled with lots and lots of articles. And the truth is, as I mentioned, a lot of people reading that paper would flip through it very quickly. And so even though the numbers of people who were receiving or at least paying to have the newspaper delivered to their doorstep or tossed in their bushes was huge, the number of people who would engage in any, with any one article in that newspaper in print yeah. relatively small. And really, as engagement on the Internet continued to grow, it became pretty clear that for any one article, there would be more people reading that one article in the digital space than would encounter it in the print, even though circulation, the number of people sure. in the newspaper, was was far larger, and and so and that's and that's that's what you're finding with blogs and and Twitter and that any one digital piece of content potentially has a far bigger audience than what used to happen in the days when it was printed in the newspaper and you either read the newspaper or you threw it out and then you never saw it. Again. I, so I want to I want to jump into what you're going to be. Uh what you're working on now, but we're going to carry on the conversation about what you're working on throughout the rest of the show after the break. But uh, the one thing I want to kind of wrap up that conversation with is I feel like one of the the biggest mistake that journalists, not just journalists, but traditional media hubs in general, the Chicago Tribune included, uh, made is the same mistake that advertisers made. They got lazy. They stopped taking or they started taking for granted that people were going to open and they just they're going to read it because we sent it to them. It's like that's not how the world works to stay in front of people's attention now. Uh, you have to be able to think as fast as I'm talking. You've got to keep giving them something good, otherwise they move on. And so uh, I do think that, you know, it's cool what you're working on, and that's why I want to kind of segue over here before we to plug it before we go to the break. But what are you working on now? ChicagoPublicSquare.com. Awesome. ChicagoPublicSquare.com. I encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to go to that website. There's a, there's you can a hear there your subscribe. voice in Tacoma, Washington. And I want people in Tacoma, Washington to go to ChicagoPublicSquare.com. Sign up. It's a, it's a website, yes, but it really is, is designed to be a daily email. It arrives in your inbox 10 o'clock Central Time every day, uh, every weekday. It's a, it's a newscast by email, and by that I mean it's a, it's a text-based summary of you know what I would, if I were on the radio, try to cram into a newscast for you. And it's basically the, the state of the world through a Chicago-centric lens, but national world coverage and, and Chicago coverage uh, uh, every every day in your inbox. And, and the phrase I'm using to describe it is Chicago's new front page. And that's the way I approach it. This is the front page that you would see if I rule the world. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you don't rule the world. Me too. But it's a tremendous responsibility that I would just boot. Very, very tremendous. Very, very great. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to get the airway turned off here, but <laughs> very tremendous. Uh, we are going to take a break now uh, at the half here, but uh, we are going to come back with Charlie. We're going to come back uh, and talk a little bit with the guys for, or the guy from Phoenix P2P, Stephen Burr. Uh, and we're going to pick up the conversation about Chicago Public Square because what you talked about uh, in the email form, is something that's, in my opinion, is a another lost art, uh, and I'm, I'm fascinated about it, and we're going to learn a lot about why it matters to catch people where they're paying attention. Uh, I am Scott Katoon, and this is WGN Radio, and that's Charlie Myerson. 
Wait a minute, wait a turn, minute. On the radio. turn on the radio My homie got a new show and it's time to play it's it though play it I hope though. you got in tune, got he talking bigger business He make a lot of moves Welcome back to the Startup Showcase, I'm your host Scott Katoon And you're listening to WGN Radio This is Technory Live from the Allstate Showcase Studio Joining me today, he's been kind enough, is Charlie Meyerson. Uh, welcome back. Glad to be here. Of course. And Stefan Burr, you're joining us now as well. You are the CEO and founder of Phoenix P2P. Thanks, Scott. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So we're excited to have you. Um, and one of the main reasons, not the only reason that we have you here, uh, is because, well, two reasons. One, you're going to be at Technory on Tuesday. We've got our main event. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to talk a little bit briefly here on what the subject matter is and why it pertains to you. Uh, but also, I, w- I wanted you to be here with Charlie because Charlie is a media personality, media expert, and we continue to read off the list of things for Charlie to make <laughs> and him blush. all of them are embarrassing and <laughs> probably overstated. But go ahead. Well, hey, I need to make my case for why I've got experts here. So you are an expert now, whether you like it or not. I'm fine with that. Uh, and we want to talk a little bit about the importance of engagement, the importance of real time, meaning real time. Uh, so we're going to dive into that. But first, the Technology Showcase, if you guys out there listening want to learn more about it, uh, you can go to events.technori.com backslash gogo. The uh, the keynote will be John Wade, who's the COO of GoGo. If you're familiar with GoGo Air, the Internet of the Sky. Uh, the reason that we have you on that pitch, uh, pitch uh, I guess pitch event, if you will, is because data connectivity. Uh, you've you've all heard about this in the news. Verizon getting in sort of trouble with their what is unlimited, not unlimited, Sprint, and all this data stuff. Well, it actually matters. In order to stream video, in order to deal with latency, in order to open up your app and have Facebook work and Amazon work, uh, there's got to be a connectivity point that is actually strong enough to support what you're doing. And I think a lot of people take for granted that it's not their phone, it's not their TV, they don't have to throw the remote at the TV when Netflix doesn't work. It's actually the data connectivity and sort of how it all works. And you know quite a bit, Stefan, about how this all works. Definitely. Um at Phoenix, we are a real-time video content distribution network, and we provide technology to make interactivity and streaming in the Internet possible at a large scale across the globe and keeping the latency low so that uh, you can actually get that engagement with your audience. So, so I, I think, oh, I, you know, on behalf of people who are, like me, not so technically sophisticated, when we talk about latency, we're talking about the delay between the time something's really happening and the time people see it on their phones, right? Exactly. So if you, you know, watch a TV, let's say Game 7 on, on, you know, the cops playing the World Series and you also happen to be next to the stadium, you actually will notice there's a substantial lag between when it happens in the stadium and you hear people cheering about it and you actually see it on the TV in the bar next to it. And that's kind of like, you know, spoiler alert, right? And so the same thing happens for every type of, of streaming services. If you have your neighbor watching it on one channel, you watch it on the internet, it's not going to be in sync, right? You may get the goal, the score, the touchdown in, in the other room before you see it. And that's kind of like a, a big spoiler. And, and so this is the part where people go, who cares, right? Because you've got, you know, so what, it's a couple seconds behind, you know, so my TV show is a little later. I go into the bedroom and it's a little bit, I hear it downstairs before I get in the room. But it actually does matter. It matters a great deal because as we start to move where Facebook is going to be streaming college football games this year, Twitter has been streaming NFL games. As we start to move on to the Internet uh, where we're watching our sports and consuming, it matters a great deal that ESPN throws out the reporter tweets out that the game score is in well before the actual action hits my screen. 
Yes, definitely. Yes, there is the whole thing about second screen experiences. You have more than one media where you receive the same uh, information or similar people, information. People are looking at their phones while they're watching TV. They do that. Yeah, they they text with their friends, right? Well, I mean, you know, like father son, the different cities, favorite team is, is playing. You know, and I'm guessing the wagering, the gambling industry cares about this quite a bit too, right? Who gets what information when? Yeah, oh for, for sure. There, it's even more. It's just like a, it's not even like a. Uh, I want it's a must right yeah. I mean if you have uh, money on a game you want to see the touchdown when it happens and not like a minute later yeah for sure and so like when we're going to kind of shift gears here a little bit I think what is particularly interesting is you talk about multi-screen so people as Charlie mentioned people using the screen that they're watching plus their phone um it also matters when it comes to social media because live streaming is everywhere. I'm watching our competitors as well as those of just brands in general, live streaming everything they do. And they're not noticing that the engagement is high. They're thinking, I'll go live. People are going to watch. They're going to be like, yeah, they're going to write comments. I'm going to answer. It's going to be great. And it doesn't work because when you go on Facebook live stream, it's seven seconds, 20 seconds, sometimes a minute delayed. And so if I'm writing questions and the person's already moved on to the conversation, the whole thing was pointless. Right, right. So it's a, there's a natural uh, barrier after like 10 seconds where the, the train of thought breaks. And so if you have a live stream, which typically is 10 seconds or more, then by the time that you receive the, the question and, and start answering a topic, that person that even asked a question is moved on. Yep. And so you, you don't really get what it's called interactivity because it's not just a one way, right? It's, it's a, a continuous process. And so to get that going, you need really low latency uh, distribution so that you actually can take the feedback back and respond in, in a timely fashion to get that interactive interaction. So that is kind of why I wanted to kind of have you in. And of course, we're up against the clock as always. Uh, but Charlie, I wanted to kind of have you chime in a little bit because we talked about with Chicago Public Square, the the emails and the ability to be a social media platform, your headlines kind of in a in a nutshell every time. If we don't have the ability to be in real time and get people and sort of be engaging, create an engaging environment where they can communicate with you and you can communicate with them, I feel like that's where the internet media, quote unquote internet media, uh, is going to lose a little bit of their luster is if they, they can't figure out a way to make this as engaging as it was before on TV. It's, it's obviously a challenge, but I think that, you know, for now, given the landscape, the technological landscape that we have, the social media landscape that we have, it's incumbent upon... Uh, content creators, whether it's email, whether it's podcasts, uh, whether it's audio or video, to create content that with a, a shelf life in mind. So many podcasts or pre-recorded audio that you hear now on Amazon Echo, for instance, uh, or uh, through Alexa or Google Home. Yep. Um, if you if you ask for the latest news, you'll hear words like "coming up in an hour" or "in the next few minutes." Uh, or later tonight. Well, people who are creating that content, if they want it to be useful in the future, need to think about how is this going to sound an hour from now? Yeah. Is this going to be valuable or intelligible tomorrow? And if not, well, they need to start thinking in terms of expiration dates. Yeah, and I would actually add and I kick it back uh, to you, Stefan, before we before we head out of here. Um, one of the things that Charlie just mentioned that the, we'll catch you in an hour, we'll catch you in tomorrow. I think with my generation and younger, you're losing that. If you told me I'll see you tomorrow, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, I have no idea what my life is going to be in 15 minutes, let alone tomorrow. So if, I, if you've got me right now on social media, it popped up that you are live. If you don't say right there, you can ask me questions right now in the next 35 seconds. I'm gone. So you've got to, if you, and if you make that promise, you better deliver. And so when I go hit on that to watch you live, it better be live and I can interact or I'm never coming back. Yes, uh, it's, uh, there's a, you know, important aspects to like that, 
interactivity that increases the engagement and the engagement can be measured, right? So people will spend more time with, with your brand, with your broadcast, which has all kinds of good benefits, right? When you talk about monetization and so on. That's why yep. fundamentally, you know, it's the dollar that will make it care, right? Because speed it, is money. Yeah, speed is money. It gets better engagement, more time, more advertisement and so on. Um, and that's all it's all about, right? You want the mind share, the, 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 the time with, with your audience. I could absolutely talk to you for hours about this. This stuff, this totally fascinates me, not just media and how people consume, but like the actual how, the, the, the real configuration part of it. Um, for people to learn more about Phoenix P2P as a business side, where do they go to learn more? Um, visit our website. And uh, if you are in technology and, and have a need for real-time streaming, please contact us and uh, mention Scott Show and we, we uh, give you three months of uh, free services. Very cool. And if you want to get those free services and you want to learn more about this, honestly, events.technori.com slash go-go. Come to the event on Tuesday night. It's at Chase Auditorium if you're downtown. You'll be able to talk to stuff and like literally like ask these questions directly. Uh, and it's going to be an awesome time. So thank you so much for coming in today to talk about this. And we are going to talk a whole lot more on Tuesday night. Thanks for having me, Scott. Of course, absolutely. I'm Scott Katoon, and you've been listening to WGN Radio AM 720. And now the much-anticipated Yay Kim interview with my friend uh, Martez here. I'll give you a little background. He is a Southside founder. Uh, he's actually from the city of Chicago. He is absolutely crushing in Los Angeles right now. He's got a clothing company defined by quality, luxury, and what he would tell you is hustle, which is my favorite part about this. He's been outfitting stars such as DJ Khalid, Nick Cannon, Nicki Minaj, and beyond. Uh, and now he's actually opening it up so that you can invest yourself in them uh, at republic.co backslash Yakim, which is Y-E-K-I-M. I recommend uh, as we bring Martez onto the show here, I recommend you go check it out and learn a little bit about it. He's got a video that is awesome. Martez, are you with us? Yes, I'm with you. Yes, my man. He's with us now. Um, okay, so I gave you kind of a, gave the audience a little bit of a kickstart on what you're up to. Uh, thank you, first off, for coming on the show. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, why don't you give your definition of what Ye Kim is and tell a little bit about the story. I, I plugged you, in case you didn't hear it, on the quality, luxury, and hustle part. So that's what we're going to focus on. Yeah, I heard a little bit of it. I wanted to just say thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it, too. Of course. Uh, so tell us the backstory. I know you know from your video I learned that uh, Ye Kim is the name actually derives from your son. Is that correct? Yeah, I named my son after my deceased cousin. Um, so what was the, what, what was the kind of the impetus for you to get into clothing? What's your background and backstory? Um, being from the South side of Chicago, um, I was into music, um, and, uh, I was around, you know, a powerful, uh, some artists that had gotten a record deal and that just inspired me into getting into business as far as marketing. Um, uh, long story short, I started moving around as far as in the music industry and, um, Moved to Atlanta. Uh, ran into a, a, a childhood friend that was, that that had success uh, in the music industry, and uh, we started coming to Los Angeles. And um, it was crazy because one day we was riding around. He was just like, "Man, our life's not going to change unless we move to LA." But I was already living in Atlanta, and I loved Atlanta. But he had moved, and then I moved two months later and got introduced to the fashion district. And uh, once I seen the fashion district. And seeing how difficult it was with the music industry, it was just something that I woke up one day and was like, you know, I want to start designing clothes. And that's just how I got here today. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who's ever been to Los Angeles, if you pop through the fashion district, it's pretty hard to consider any other place in the U.S. really. I know New York's got its thing, but uh, it's hard to imagine another place that you could jumpstart your your business faster. You, How did you get into 
you know, actually clothing stars. Like it's one thing to have a cool shirt that somebody's wearing down the street. It's another to have DJ Khalid and Nick Cannon, and Nicki Minaj and all these people rocking your clothes. That's got to be incredible. Yeah, it is, man. I mean, it was just a blessing for me to uh, meet the, the, the manufacturers that I came across. I just walked in. Uh, how I actually started, um, I went, to, I Googled uh, about uh, manufacturing and a, bunch of, and a bunch of offices started popping up. And I went to this one building downtown, and uh, I started at the directory and uh, put it in my notes on my phone, you know, each room that said something to do with manufacturing. And I started from the top floor, which was the 12th, 12th floor. I got to the ninth floor and uh, knocked on this one door, and there was uh, these Hispanics inside making these custom leather jackets. And when I seen that, I automatically thought, like, man, that's what I, this is what I'm about to start doing. It's something different nobody's doing. I haven't seen nobody do it. So I'm going to start making leather jackets with people brands on them and cross collab with my brand to, you know, actually blow it up. And I just started making a list. I just made a list of probably about 108 list celebrities of people that I've wanted to give product to start researching their sizes. And I just got on the hustle and just got on the ground. One thing after another, I bumped into one person and it just started with a chain reaction. And I already had jackets made. It wasn't like, if they put in orders, you know, like I had them made already and I just started linking up and just, you know, it, it was just a chain reaction and it just started happening like that. That's awesome. Well, you know, speaking of kind of a unique and, and interesting partnerships, you guys are working with Republic, who we had on this uh, show a couple of weeks ago, and now we've had back-to-back-to-back, I believe, weeks featuring companies that the, the audience, you, the audience can actually invest in, and you are one of them, uh, which I think is cool because – People can invest in a in an actual product, and I know that there's perks and things on Republic.co backslash Yakum, uh, where you can you know invest some of your real money into it and, and end up getting some of these cool pieces of clothing, as well as having a stake in the company uh, that is backed by a Chicago-based founder, which is cool. Tell me uh, briefly here; we're running out of time, but tell me kind of how uh, how you decided to go with the equity crowdfunding route versus any other traditional raise. Um. First off, I want to um, I want people to actually be thankful for President Obama because in 2012 he signed a job act which gave everybody the opportunity to invest in startup companies. Absolutely. Which, uh, which basically that's the re- the reason that I went the crowdfunding route is because of the simple fact of just think about if you know when I was a kid watching Puff Daddy and Carl Kanai and Fubu. When I was wearing these brands and our my bigger cousins and my bigger brothers and older people was wearing these brands also had the opportunity to be a part of that, you know, as a whole by investing. Well, if we had invested in, in, in like Sean John, if we could have put $500 in Sean John now, we probably would have walked away with about a $50,000 check because he's a billionaire now. Exactly. And would have, and, and not just that, you never know the opportunity that Puff Daddy would have had beyond just being, you know, going to sign a distribution deal with a, with a company. He may, would have, he may have been able to make his brand bigger than what it actually was, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, this is this is very cool. I appreciate it. I wish we had more time to talk about it. I would love to, when you're back in Chicago, hit me up and come live in studio. Or we'll have you on the podcast because I really think it's important that people recognize when there's brands out there that you can personally invest in, it democratizes the entire process. It helps the founders out in, in immense ways, more than just money. 
uh, but also it gives you a cool story. You're not just wearing random clothing. You're wearing something that you invested in. So, um, you know, Martez, I appreciate you taking the time to come talk about it. Uh, if you share some stuff with us, I will certainly put out your campaign on technory.com and, and our Facebook page so people can learn more about it. Uh, thank you so much for coming in today or calling in today. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you, man. And I can't, and I can't wait to come in and do the, you know, the live podcast so we can actually get this story out a little more because me being from the South side of Chicago, people definitely need to hear and understand besides the brand, you know, me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm breaking absolutely. So with me, with people investing and helping my brand, what makes me become a public figure and motivation and inspiration to the, you know, the kids that, have no hope from the south side of Chicago and from areas of other cities that's like the south side of Chicago. You will definitely have to make a plan to, to bring me a, a hustler's jacket, and then we will talk all day about this. <laughs> sure. All right, Martez, sure. thanks so much. All right, thank you. Of course. Charlie, so we we have been talking about crowdfunding for a while, and you being obviously a journalist but also interested in sort of the new media and tech world, what do you think about the fact that people can can raise money from an audience now rather than just just looking for investors. I think it's great. The democratization of uh, the media, the democratization of finance, I think is largely a good thing for, for the country. But as everyone who's ever talked about investing knows, you should only invest money that you're willing to lose. Absolutely. That's the one thing we always talk about in here is that it's important that people know that you know the startup success ratio is fairly low. Uh, so be cautious. But at the same time, what I like about what Republic does is you can actually, it's like Kickstarter. You can, you can put money in and still get a pair of glasses. You can still get the product. You may pay a little premium, but you help them out, which is, which is cool. And uh, it's the opportunity to connect with people who are doing creative things and, and, and in many ways shaping our future. That's the key part is the inspiration, which is what I like most about what you're doing in media and what, what we try to do in media is I, I look at myself as like, I really do truly believe we're, we're, sh- we're reshaping how media is played out because we're not only informing, but we're connecting people. So it's one thing to get the story and share it to you. It's another thing to me to give you a place to go with people that are like you to talk about the news, yeah. which is, I think is something that's being lost. You don't see people at Starbucks talking. They've got their little white earbug things in and they're swiping away. Speaking of talking, can I do a plug? Please plug away. September 6th, I will be talking to David Axelrod. Ooh, that's a big counselor name. to the president uh, in River Forest at Dominican University, part of a, a speaker series, a conversation series that Chicago Public Square is undertaking with the auspices of the, the real the real force behind this, the, the Wednesday Journal newspaper in, in Oak Park. So September 6th, tickets still available, and uh, you can go to oakpark.com slash Axelrod to sign up and hear, you know, one of the most influential minds of the last generation and maybe this generation talk about where he's been, where we've been as a country, and where we might go next. I, I feel like David Axelrod, if, if Roger Stone is the shredder, David Axelrod is splinter. That's how I view it. For those of you who are Ninja Turtle listeners out there. just just I didn't just say that, but I said it. Cowabunga, dude. Cowabunga, dude. Charlie, thank you so much for taking the time. I wish we could have talked more about stuff, but I feel like I need to have you on more regularly because this was a great show and also – you know, two media people talking about what's going on in the world, but then also talking about how we're disseminating. And I think is fascinating and, in my opinion, very transparent. I'm always happy to come, especially since my favorite Barbara, Barber, uh, Bertha, is on the ninth floor of Tribune Tower. Do so. you promise next time you'll bring the flute? If you ask me to, you really don't have to press me. If Kessler's going to bring a harmonica down, well, and you've you got the Kessler flute. Kessler with his harmonica in here and me with my flute, I, I would I just, enjoy I just clap? I'll be the clap guy? <laughs> uh, you could do whatever. You, don't you have something you can play? You can. I have, 
I, I bring the triangle. Yeah, the, the triangle. Thing. Good. I think we've got a band going. I, I played the recorder for 14 minutes in like second grade, but then I snapped it over my knee because my talents were definitely uh, not there. You have a very powerful knee. Oh, I have a very powerful. They say it's an indestructible device, but uh, I can tell you, my mother can attest to this. That it is not indestructible. Was, a wooden and one? was this a wooden one or a no? It was a plastic one. one. It was a. It was a good pop. I was a strong. I'm a strong kid. I believe that. <laughs> This has been an awesome show. Uh, everyone out there listening, hopefully you got some value out of it. Uh, as always, we want you to contribute to the show. People have been DMing me at Katoon at Twitter and at Facebook, letting us know what we want to hear. That continues if you will continue to remark back. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Technori. Me at Katoon. Charlie, where do people find you? ChicagoPublicSquare.com. And I know you're a personal influencer as well. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. I, if you've listened to this show and tell me that you've listened to this show, you can be my Facebook friend. Boom. That's where it's at. This has been a great show. Uh, that's it for now. We're going to be coming back here in a second with Dane Neal for a little crosstalk. I'm Scott Katoon, and this is WGN Radio.